0: Welcome to episode number 21 of the I Love Kelowna podcast. Today we have a great interview with Canadian author Alexis Chute. And as of this recording, it is Friday, August the 17th. And Alexis has a book launch here in Kelowna tomorrow... Saturday, August 17th, so we wanted to get this episode out immediately so we could give Alexis a little bit of a boost. Um, This book launch, it's for her brand new book called Above the Star, and it's a fantasy novel. She says it appeals to all demographics. If you like fantasy novels and if you like adventure and a little bit of magic, you're going to love this book. Alexis is one of the rare guests on this show who doesn't actually live in Kelowna, but her parents live here and she does a lot of her writing here. So she loves Kelowna, therefore, fits in with the theme of this show. And she's here for her book launch and she chose our city for the book launch. So stay tuned. Uh, We're going to put links in the show notes, but again, that book launch party is going to be at Mosaic Books, which is right downtown at Bernard and OC, right in the corner. And it's going to be from 1 to 3 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday. So make sure you come down. You can meet Alexis. She's a wonderful person, very easy to talk to. And she's got a great reading voice, as you'll see on this show. And she will be at Mosaic Books tomorrow from 1 to 3. Today's episode is brought to you by yours truly, Luke Menkes. I am a realtor with Remax Kelowna. And if you're interested in sponsoring this show, just hit us up on Facebook, the I Love Kelowna podcast and we will tell you all about sponsorship in the meantime i'm sponsoring it myself so you'll hear a short commercial about me in the middle of the episode so Alexis, thank you for your time today uh you've got a book launch in about 48 hours from now So today is Thursday, August 16th. We're going to release this episode on Friday, August 17th, and hopefully get a few more people to your book launch. Um, First question I have for you, are you from Kelowna?
1: I'm actually not directly from Kelowna, but I've got Okanagan blood through and through. My mom was born in Armstrong, my dad in Vernon. All of my family is out here and... I just, it's a beautiful place that I come to as much as I possibly can.
0: So tell us, how long have you been in the city, and how did did you come to decide to come to Kelowna?
1: Um, I have decided to come to Kelowna because even since I was a tiny little girl, Kelowna is my happy place. I am the most, well, my husband goes off golfing, and yesterday he was like, "Come golfing, and I'm like, no, I'm going to go to my happy place on Okanagan Lake, and and I put out my paddleboard, my kids are playing in the sand, and I'm reading a book. Just to me, that is, if I could live like that every day, then that was, would be what I would do. And so Kelowna is where I had my first boyfriend. Just, there's so <laughs> many memories that I have here. Yeah. Um, and I think it does shape who I am. Like this, this landscape and the people here, it's a part of me.
0: You're from Edmonton, so are you here because of the book tour?
1: Um, So I live in the snowy city of Edmonton, which is not my happy place. Kelowna is definitely where I escape to whenever I can. And so I've been out here for three weeks. Um, My husband is a teacher, so he's off. And we get to um, come out here till the end of summer, which is awesome. And I spend the time visiting with my family who, you know, I can see how it makes sense. They'd much rather, I came and visited them here, especially in winter.
0: So you've got a new trilogy books uh coming out and book one is about to be launched and it's called above the stars
1: so the trilogy is called the eighth island trilogy oh. and book one is called above a star and i've just been <laughs> it's funny because i I hate, I hate naming things so i was posting on social media asking for almost like votes or opinions on some of my brainstorm names for book two and three So basically, I've come to the conclusion the trilogy is going to be called Above the Star, Beneath the Moon, Within the Sun. And so book one, Above the Star, just officially landed on bookshelves um, the beginning of June. And book two will come in October 2019 and book three, uh, the spring of 2020. So it's an ambitious time. And that's something else that I'm doing while I'm out in Kelowna is every morning I'm locking myself in my parents' sunroom, which has a nice view of beautiful trees, and I am getting in the zone, and I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing book two. I'm almost finished, and then it's going to go to the editor, so it's an exciting time, and I'm, I love being out here and getting inspired.
0: So I want to talk to you a little bit about the process of writing, and then we'll talk about this book that you have just launched. Um, so is this the first book that you've ever written or have you been an author for a long time?
1: I feel that since I was a wee one, (laughs) we will put it like that, I've always been creative. So I also paint and I am a photographer and I curate, um, and I've always been writing stories. Uh, I just, I remember, um, there's a beautiful path out to uh, a little waterfall just on the other side of the Kelowna airport Mm -hmm. and... I would go out there as a kid and just make up all kinds of stories. And so I think I've never stopped making up stories. Mm -hmm. Um, My first book came about after a really difficult situation. Uh, One of my children passed away. And for, I call it my year of distraction, that year after his death, my, my son Zachary. And I just, I couldn't bring myself to paint or to write. They were creative acts that were too vulnerable for me. And it was when I got pregnant again with my son, who's now six, Eden, um, that I started to write my first book called Expecting Sunshine. And it was all about um, learning to find hope again after personal tragedy and rediscover my mission and my, my meaning and what, what I'm here for on this earth. And so that was my first book, and it came out um, last April, April 2017. And I launched it here in Kelowna at Mosaic Books, Um, which is also where I'm launching Above the Star. I really am passionate about supporting independent bookstores. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've gone to Mosaic for as long as I can remember, so I'm I'm really thrilled to be back again. And the response to Expecting Sunshine was amazing. I think so many people go through hard stuff, not even the same stuff as me, but we can all um, relate in that the resiliency needed from the human spirit to go on is... It's inspiring. Even on the hardest of days, we have this desire to get up and to live and to fight and to live our best lives. And so that's really what my first book, Expecting Sunshine, is about.
0: So are you self-published or do you have a contract with a, a publisher?
1: So I have a hybrid publisher, oh, okay. which means it just is kind of a this gray space. It's kind of a new, exciting gray space between just pure self-publishing and traditional publishing so traditional publishing is so hard to break into these days. I think it's still a dream for me to get to that point. Um, but this, I have a hybrid publisher, and what that means is uh, I pay for certain things. Like I pay for my, um, the book editing, and I pay for my cover, but then they have traditional distribution. So you could go to um, the, the newly renovating uh, renovated Indigo uh, in Orchard Square uh, in the mall, and you could you know, request the book to be brought in, and they, they carry it, right? Nice. It's carried at all major bookstores uh, across North America, which is wonderful. Um, so, it's, so I do feel very fortunate that I have this opportunity to have a contract with um, a hybrid publisher that can help just bridge the gap of, of knowledge, <laughs> where um, I'd rather spend my time writing than worrying about, you know, all the little uh, yeah. administrative things behind the scenes.
0: So they, they help and guide you and they provide like a framework of here's how we're going to distribute and and you have to bear some of the costs up front. But uh, that, that sounds pretty interesting. So tell us about book promotion because I know I've read books that uh, were very famous, really big sellers and I didn't care for them. And then I found books that are kind of hidden gems that I loved. And it seems... To me, he kind of hit and miss. Like, how do you promote your book besides like the book signing? Um, how do you get the word out there to get people to take a look at it and hopefully fall in love with with your writing?
1: Well, that is just <laughs> the book promotion is a magic art all of itself. I write about magic <laughs> in my in my novel, but the magic of um, especially trying to get word of mouth. You know, if you ever sit beside me on an airplane, you're going to guarantee that I'm going to give you a book. You know, I I find that just uh, interacting with people and and planting little seeds. Um, I try to visit schools as much as I can and do readings. Um, I I love inspiring people, whichever age demographic they fall into. I find that kids can be so cool and perceptive. Like, I've gone and read parts of Above the Star, which has a little bit of... uh, some little scary scenes, but I've read it at an elementary school and these little kids are just enraptured by storytelling and and oral storytelling, reading it out loud um, is so cool. And so I try to be as creative as possible, not only with writing the book, but in promoting it. So what that looks like practically for us folks in Kelowna is at the book launch party. Um, So being a visual artist, I am going to be painting... Uh, Like, doing the body art on one of uh, my friends, and she's going to become one of the characters, one of these different races from the book. So she's going to be sort of trolling the street in front of Mosaic's books, pulling people in. I've got a really cool scavenger hunt that kind of weaves through. You have to use your creative thinking, um, because there's some riddles and some things you have to find throughout the bookstore. So I just try to make it fun. Like, I personally am an adult, but I'm a giant kid. And I think that the the more that we can just embrace um, our youthful nature and and enjoy life, that makes it fun. That makes every day worth living. You don't have to be bored, you know? You just use your imagination. And I do feel like that's what my books are about. And that's what I try to encourage people through. So I hope that that um, energy that I bring to everything I do can kind of be translated to more people reading. And I'm hoping that you're going to read my book and you're going to feel like, oh, it's a gem in the rough as well. So fingers crossed, right?
0: For sure. Well, I'm going to start reading it tonight. Um, So I want to talk to you a little bit more about the launch and about this book, but tell us a little bit about Procrastination. Do you ever suffer from it? Or are you one of these magical people that just has a two-year plan and you get up every morning and the words just flow? Do you ever get writer's block? How do you deal with all that?
1: Oh, procrastination is such a great question. And I find that I combat procrastination through public announcements of my goal that then holds me accountable. And it's actually... um, Sort of a horrible thing as well, because then you know that everyone's waiting for you for certain things. Um, So most of my social media community know that right now I'm writing book two and three in the trilogy, Um, and I'm actually doing a video series on YouTube um, called My 80 Days of Writing, and it'll wrap up uh, day 80 is day uh, is uh, August 31st. So I'm gonna have finished book two, um, the first full draft of that, probably about ninety thousand words. At the end of these 80 days. And yet, you know, like making that public announcement, um, I don't post videos every day. I have three little kids um, an eight, six, and a two year old. So I post as many as I can. And even in the last week, like I'm literally backlogged a week of videos. So I'm gonna do, um, like as I record myself writing, I do time lapse videos myself writing. So that's what I did this morning. I sat down, I wrote for three hours straight. And I recorded it, and I'm going to do a compilation um, video. Probably posting it tonight would be a good... <laughs> That's going to be my goal. But I've had my, my stepdad and my mom get on my case. They're like, we haven't seen a video. Where's your videos? What's going on here? And I've had friends text me, be like, how's the writing going? And so I find for me procrastination is combated through the harassment of my friends and family. <laughs> uh, and so being public with your goal and being um, intentional and diligent from there. And then I just, I feel like part of it gets down to just sitting in the chair and creating that routine. So I, uh, when I'm in my, you know, zone, I have my incense going. I like to sit somewhere where I can have a view so I can, like right now I'm in Cologne, I'm looking out at the beautiful, like, forest of trees. I, I need to have quiet. My kids need to be taken care of. I need to know that they're not going to, you know, attack me, which they do attack me in many of the YouTube videos I've posted. Um, but just creating that routine and I think supportive friends and family, like my husband, he makes, he helps me make the time. And so there's some amazing, uh, programs called write or die. Um, which (laughs) if you're wanting to write a book, I really recommend write or die because it basically is a, procrastination uh, thwarting program. So you decide, okay, I'm going to write for an hour, say. And my goal is to write, uh, let's say, a thousand words in that hour. So you type in those two things and then it starts kind of like a a time clock and a word clock that go together. And so you can see when your word count is falling behind the time and it, basically, this write-or-die, it shuts out all your internet, everything else, so nothing pops up. And if you stop writing or slow down, the screen will slowly turn red. <laughs> and and if you stop completely for, like say, a minute or two minutes, it will start to delete your sentences. Wow. So things like that really help the procrastination. It's just creating the atmosphere, creating the accountability, and setting yourself up for success. Yeah. That's how I... Cause I think writer's block bites everybody in the butt. Mm -hmm. No matter maybe any kind of profession, you have kind of blocks that come up. But really it's like setting your heart towards your goal and creating a lifestyle that um, makes sure that you can get where you want to get. And that's so important.
0: There's a a book I'd like to recommend to you as well. It's called War of Art. So it's a play on the words of The Art of War, which was an ancient uh, military strategy textbook, but it's called The War of Art. And um, it's about someone who is in the creative business and dealing with writer's block and procrastination and so on. And um, the main point I got out of that book was he kind of views it, you have to kind of view it as a job, even though it's a job you love. And it's Fun and it feels great to get the creative creative juices flowing. There are days that you don't feel like that, and so just how to mentally kind of view that. So, um, inspirational views make sense, right? Colon, we've got beautiful scenery. It sounds like you've got that uh, at your parents' place. What do you do when it's middle of winter in Edmonton? You don't have uh, something that great to look at necessarily. Hey folks, we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Many of you don't know me or you haven't heard my story. I'm Luke Menkis and I'm a realtor with Remax Kelowna and I love what I do. People often ask me if I have any regrets about moving here in 2011 and I always say, yeah, I've got one regret and that is that I didn't move here sooner. When I came here, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides my daughter, who was six years old at the time. So I know what it's like to come to Kelowna and not know anything. But now I am an expert and I have helped well over 100 single people, couples, families and investors with their real estate needs here in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, I can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. I have good relationships with professionals in many, many categories. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, I know real estate and I can help you find a great property negotiate a good deal and hold your hand all the way through the process until that great day when i hand you the keys to your new home and well beyond that and of course if you need to sell i am an expert in that aspect as well i am a no pressure kind of guy i've had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property and i just don't believe in rushing things my job is to relieve your stress and make the process as smooth and as fun as possible for you. On the other hand, when you decide that it's time to act, I'm diligent and I will work day and night until the job is done. Give me a call or a text message at any time. 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778 215-4273-778-215-4273 to chat with me at any time about Kelowna real estate.
1: You're totally right. And I, I personally am very connected to my environment. Like I said, my happy place is beside the water, preferably on the water. Kayak, paddleboard, canoe, that's my happy place. And so for me... I do get very depressed in winter. It is something that I think creative people are prone to because we are sensitive beings. And so for me, I I have a very hard time with the white landscape. And I've had people argue with me like, oh, it's so beautiful and put snowshoes on or put skis on. And I I just i am not a cold weather person. And I've recognized that about myself. So I do try to save up and travel as much as I can to get away from Edmonton. That sounds so bad. Um, but I I try to be a little bit playful with it, it as much as I can. And so, for example, in, in the writing that I did um, since January with these 80 days of writing, uh, we painted one wall of our home green. So we made a, a permanent green screen. Nice. And I set up my desk in front of it, and so I made a wall of books and so in, in my different 80 days of writing, one day I'm in outer space, and another day I'm, oh, like, I, any any kind of background, like I had artistic backgrounds. So, um, so in, in post-production, we oh. use green screen, nice. uh, like, chroma key, and we I can put in any background I want. Nice. Uh, I In one of the backgrounds, I had the map of the island of Jarawaiya from above the star. So... In that way, I was trying to escape in a playful way um, the whitewash um, winter landscape. Um, but I do think it's, it's important to, on one hand, embrace where we live, um, and then on the other hand, know ourselves well enough to um, make it work and figure out how we can still be inspired and find beauty even in uh, less than ideal situations. <laughs>
0: So you mentioned 80 days of writing and a 1,000 words in an hour. And is, uh, is are these books about 80,000 words? And so are you writing for 80 days straight, one hour a day? Or just break it down for us how a book gets produced.
1: So I, um, since being out in Kelowna, I've, 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 I've come, kind of stumbled into a nice rhythm. Actually, just this morning, I passed the 100-hour mark. Um, so now I've uh, I've written book two for 102 hours and 50 minutes, mm-hmm. and that has been spread out since the beginning of January. Mm-hmm. I try to write as many um, consecutive days as I can, not weekends, um, but life happens, right. and I, you know, my family got the flu, and it was miserable, and I, I couldn't pull myself out of bed at that point, you know, so... I try to be as graceful and compassionate with myself as I can during this season of intentional goal, writing as much as I can. Um, But yeah, so being out here in Kelowna has been lovely because I have found a beautiful rhythm. And so I'm writing about two and a half hours every day, and I'm getting just over uh, 2,500 words-ish every day. So my finished book, Above the Star... It's after editing, after I've cut out, you know, all the (laughs) not necessary words. Um, It is just over 80,000 words. So I think that's sort of my goal uh, is to keep it a similar length. Um, Like I'm reading my daughter the Harry Potter series, and, you know, book one is 300 pages, and by the end of the series, it's like 750 pages. So I think I'm trying to keep a more um, steady rhythm. But also in the book, there are illustrations that I paint. Um, My... yeah, my undergraduate degree is in visual arts. So, um, so I'm an artist as well. And so there is one character named Ella and she is a 14 year old girl. Um, she has cancer and she can't speak, but she has decided to communicate with the world through, um, these illustrations and she's captured by this other race of creature and they don't speak English. So so she, um, paints for them and, and communicates that way. And so, it's a beautiful like artist, artistry that comes into the story um, in that way as well. So, mm-hmm. yes, word count goal is a, it's a, flexing, uh, yeah. a flexing goal for sure.
0: So do you start with an outline and kind of a schematic, or do you just start writing? And do you have that habit? So I've been listening to some podcasts about writers and self-publishers, and one guy, I forgot his name, but I'll text it to you, and he said that uh, he's very disciplined to not edit as he's going along because he finds that interrupts his flow. And a lot of times the story comes out great when he just lets it flow. And we have the tendency to say, you know, uh, that doesn't quite make sense. Or how am I going to wrap this story up because I've gone down a, a certain alleyway. And, but that actually stimulates the brain to be more creative. And he says he edits after. So don't edit while you're typing. Tell me your style. Do you edit as you're typing? Do you, do, do you start with an outline? H- how does it work for you?
1: Well, I would say personally, I have a fluid style, but my preference is to free write my yeah. first draft. And so that revelation of not writing and editing uh, at the same time came to me after I read a, an amazing book I recommend to everyone called Writing on Both Sides of the Brain by Henrietta Klauser. And she basically talks about how our, our editing side of the brain is this sort of like little nagging monster. But, you know, it, it has a place. But this little nagging voice that comes into our free writing process and can thwart so much of the beautiful spontaneity that can come when we're just letting the words flow. So I wrote the first draft of Above the Star during something called NanoRimo, which stands for National Novel Writing Month. And it happens every November... And the goal of NaNoWriMo is to write a 50,000-word novel during the month of November, so during 30 days. And so I did it. The first draft of Above the Star came about 1,667 oh no, 1, words a day uh, writing November, and um, this was back in 2012. Wow. So a while, a while back. Um, and I just loved the process. And I, because you have to write so fast during NaNoWriMo... Mm-hmm. I just turned off all filters and the story flowed out of me. And I felt like I was watching a movie as I was typing this, like I was experiencing the adventure along with the characters. So it was magical. I feel like it was a magical experience. So now in writing book two, I tried to do that. And if you go back in my 80 days of writing on, on YouTube, you'll see, I I start and I, I think I got like 25 days into the writing experience where then I was like, Oh crap. Like, <laughs> I actually do need an outline because writing one book alone, you can kind of keep all the different threads and storylines, you know, in your head. But writing a trilogy, like, there's so many um, things with so many different characters and everything braids together. And it mm-hmm. it's a complicated, beautiful, magical world that um, my characters are transformed, um, that, they, that they transfer to. And so... I really had to pause and I, and I filmed that in my 80 days of writing as well, where I I took, I can't remember if it was three or four days and I filmed myself with giant pieces of paper and writing out the the threads of the plot. And I cut out like 400 different colors of cue cards from construction paper. And I, you know, I, I laid out the main plot points for each character and reorganized things and just got really clear. I'm not an outliner, but I had to outline to get the magic of the story going all the way through. And so now I know how book two is going to end. I know how book three is going to start and how the trilogy is going to conclude. And okay. I'm just like so excited to, have to share that with everybody because the story is so, it's so cool. so cool. But yeah, so outlining, I say if it works for you, do it. If it is a hindrance, let it go and come back to the editing later. But yeah. figure out what works for you
0: to be clear what he said was a good outline is good but not to edit as you're typing so you have the framework the guideline and you're going but it sounds like that's what you're doing so so that's awesome so tell us about this beautiful looking book here above the star if uh, we judged books by its cover this one looks great So tell us who is the target audience for this. Is it children, teenagers, uh, everybody?
1: So, you know, I have to say that I don't write with a specific age demographic in mind. I write with a personality type. And so the personality of somebody who would like this book is someone who likes adventures, likes games, likes being out in nature, has a very strong passion for their family um, somebody who might like to take some risks, mm-hmm. and I think that applies to many people. I've had early readers for the book before this book was released, from 10 years old to 75, and so there are three main characters with um, a multi generational uh, range of ages, and so because of that, I do think there are different entry points. So to tell you just briefly what the story is about, yeah. there is frumpy senior citizen Archie who pulls himself out of his recliner to go on a mission to find his missing son. And he goes in search of his son who disappeared two years before. And he, Grandpa Archie brings with him his ill 14-year-old granddaughter, Ella, and his daughter-in-law, Tessa. But the women don't know that they're on this adventure, by the way, at the beginning of the book. And Archie meets a strange creature. He accidentally transports them all to this different world. And there they experience danger, little romance and they realize that the cure for ella is in this other world but it's connected and tangled with the star and the fates of all the worlds
0: you said you like to do readings would you like to read the back cover of this book awesome because it kind of gives an overview of the book
1: now i have to put my sexy writer (laughs) reader voice on (laughs) okay when frumpy senior citizen archie goes in search of his missing son in the spanish canary islands he stumbles upon a higher mission, locating a magical cure for his ailing 14-year-old granddaughter, Ella. Using a portal-jumping device called the Telastrian, Archie and a stone-headed creature named Zeno are transported to Jarwaya, a magnificent yet terrifying island in a connected realm, along with Ella and her strong-willed mother, Tessa, who accidentally stow away on this not-so-secret quest. What they find on Jarwaya is an island tortured by a wicked star, Anchored in the sea, and a raging three-way battle for dominion between the stone-wielding bangles, the fiery Olierons, and the evil Milia Sands. Ella's wit and resourcefulness emerge in this new world, while Tessa is forced to confront her long-buried secrets and a confusing new love triangle. When Ella is captured, Tessa and Archie, with the help of a company of peculiar allies, set out to save her and unravel the terrible mystery of her cure. A mesmerizing stay-up-all-night adventure of three unlikely heroes above the star reminds us that even the smallest act of bravery can transform our lives and the fates of the world around us. Very nice.
0: Well, you're an excellent reader. It sounds like a really intriguing book, so um, tell us about the event on Saturday. Tell us where it is, what time it is, and what's going to happen.
1: So the book launch for Above the Star is taking place at Mosaic Books on Bernard Avenue from 1 to 3 p.m. At 1.30, I'm going to do a reading of one of the chapters, and I'm going to have cake. We've got this amazing scavenger hunt that's great for all ages, adults as well as kids. And we have the Maiden of Olieron, who is... Um, sort of like the queen of the of the Oliaran race, and she's going to be present. You'll be able to spot her because her skin is completely red, and she's got huge um, flaming hair. If you want to watch the book trailer, you can go uh, view it at abovethestar dot com, and you can see her. We've actually got her lit on fire in the book trailer. Um, I'm not sure Mosaic Books will <laughs> let us do that in the bookstore, but um, it's going to be a really fun afternoon and. I'll be signing books and talking to people and taking pictures. So, yeah, please join me.
0: So, if someone can't make it or if they're hearing this podcast after the fact, which is quite possible, um, what's the best way to find out more about this book and buy a copy?
1: Mosaic Books will have some books on stock uh, in stock um, at the store, and you can order it from any um, any place you want, Indigo Chapters, okay. Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, and if you did want a signed copy from me, you can order it um, from AlexisMarieChute.shop. No, Alexis Marie. Okay, if you go to AlexisMarieChute.com, Chute, Chute spelled C-H-U-T-E, Oh, my husband's going to kill me that I can't remember my own store website. There you go. Um, But yeah. That's that's
0: why we
1: had it. Yes. So yeah, I have a store online where you can also order it from me and I will sign it and mail it directly to you.
0: All right. So I'm not sure how we got introduced, Alexis. Um, My partner, Kara, says, here's who you're interviewing. Make sure you show up on time. And that's, and I just go. So, um, but what we do on this show is we ask you to nominate someone. Now, I know you don't live in Kelowna, but you know a few people. And is there someone in the city of Kelowna that you think is a fascinating person in any field of work uh, that you would be interested in hearing from on this show in the future?
1: Oh, yeah. So I have some really, really close friends of mine who live in Kelowna. They're Kelowna people at heart, and her name... So the wife's name is Sabrina Fedorik. And they, her and her husband, they have owned a gym. She rides horses. They are, you know, boat people. They give back. They work with youth in the city here in Kelowna. And so I I nominate Sabrina. She would be amazing.
0: Thank you very much for coming on the show today.
1: It's my pleasure. And I would love to connect with anyone. Anyone who loves stories, um, you can find me on Instagram at AlexisMarieChute.com. And on Twitter at underscore Alexis underscore Marie. Um, Reach out by email, info at AlexisMarieChute.com. And yeah, I would love to connect. And I'm also very much about um, giving back where I can. And so I love going and visiting people at schools or nursing homes or anywhere that um, you can imagine having somebody come in and read a book. Yeah, invite me out. Beautiful. Thank you.